Hi, I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And welcome to the Tim Steak, episode 72. How you doing? Good, how are you? You're the one who's just yawning before I press record. Temperature good. How's your throat? Oh. Congestion. I feel I feel quite good. Feel healthy. Never better. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but you've set us up perfectly for our conversation today. The worst and worsts of sickness. Yeah, there's not. There's not good. That goes <laughs> You get <gonna> sneeze <laughs> during this episode? <laughs> yeah, it feels appropriate. I think it's more my body temperature is changing that I'm sick. That's how it starts, folks. That's, That's horrible audio, but I feel like we're obliged to leave that in. Well, we've been thinking about doing this topic for a little bit. And I can tell you exactly when we first started thinking about it. Do you want me to tell you? Sure. In July, early July, we all had COVID and we thought, wow, should we do a topical episode on sickness? And Rachel said to me, no, it's too soon. It's too soon. I can't do it. So we held off until we got COVID for the second time about 90 days later. Which, yes, is statistically unlikely, but it did happen to us. It was mild, thank goodness, but it did happen. And so now apparently you're so, how's this for a sickness term, inoculated that you're like, we can talk about it now. Yeah, it just feels like now I have a lot of things to say about how horrible it is. Which we should just preface to say, obviously, we are all healthy, recovered. We know that COVID and all kinds of illness, flu even, can hit people in all different ways. So this is admittedly us complaining from our gratefully recovered situation. Doesn't mean there's not things for us to complain about. No, but it is in reference to short-term illness in yes. which our bodies have recovered. Yes, that's that's a good way to put it. Do you want to just do like a little bit of back and forth, like kind of general listing of some of the worsts? Sure. Should I start with a worst or a worst? No, I'm not doing that this whole episode. We have spent a lot of time together in the last three weeks, and I don't quite have it in me. Feels like maybe you're starting your list, but sure, I will go first. Okay, I want to start with when Oliver gets sick, it seems like one of the first tragic symptoms is a bad night of sleep. You can put him down to bed. He can have been fine and just out of nowhere. He's waking up throughout the night. He suddenly got a fever. I don't know why it happens, seems to happen for him at night, but more often than not, it feels like maybe we might have gotten a little hint of something, but suddenly the sleep is interrupted. And we are hashtag blessed with a very good sleeping child. So I'm not going to say that makes it more traumatic because this doesn't, but it makes it more shocking when he wakes up multiple times in a night. <laughs> that is not, not fun. No, and I tried to rationalize it this last time because we were supposed to go on a trip. Oh, you were trying to rationalize it so hard. <laughs> we were supposed to go on a trip literally the next day, and <laughs> I really wanted to go. So when Oliver woke up multiple times, I was like, it's fine. He does this. This is so normal. And I'm like feeling like, him. I'm telling no. Rachel. I'm like, Rachel, he's burning up. Like, he's so hot. And Rachel was just saying to me, no, like... I don't think so. I think like that's normal. Like he's hot when he's he's just warm. It's warm in here. I'm like, I don't know. Like he feels really hot. He he, he probably had warm. like a 103 fever 
that I was feeling in his body. And you're just like, no, I think, no, I think this is like normal sleepy temperature. <laughs> oh, I just didn't want it to be true, but I knew it was true. Oh, I know. We both, we both missed the sleep of Oliver waking us up. And then we both missed the sleep of anxiously beginning to realize our trip might be ruined. Which it was. So, you know, there's another worst in this particular case. But there you go. That's mine. The kind of precursor bad night sleep. Because it just sets you up. Like, you need rest. Everyone needs rest because you're about to embark on this horrible journey together. But you don't get it. Yeah. Okay. One of my worst is that inevitably it feels like any time that Oliver gets sick first, which both instances of COVID it seemed like he did. That was him getting sick was our like acknowledgement of, oh, there's something else going on other than allergies in the family. Yeah, that's true. And so both times I was not sick when he tested positive for COVID, but you're just stuck. Like your selfish internal instincts are like run. (laughs) Do not be near this being who has very infectious disease. (laughs) But it is completely overwhelmed by like your parental instinct to like want to take care of the child. We we didn't know you were going to, you were sick this second time. The first time you were sick. So I easily could have left you and Oliver to your own devices. But it's just like, especially when he wakes up in the middle of the night and he's so sad and he's like hot and it's just all these things. And you're like, how? Well, debatable whether he's hot or not, but <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> how could I just like abandon him and go sleep in another room and say, well, see you in 10 days. Like, I just, it's not even an option in my mind, even though I so want it to be an option. (laughs) And I understand why it is an option for some people. I just like, and maybe at some point, I'll just say, screw it. Yeah, you're on your own. I'm going to go figure out more ways to barricade myself in a space that isn't infected. But it also just feels like at that point, like, you've touched and been breathed upon so much that like really your chances are slim anyway of escaping. Not this time. I did not get, I did not test positive for COVID. Yeah. I feel like I had it. I had something. Yeah. You had a rough couple of days early on though. Yeah. Well before he had COVID. So who knows? Yeah. But uh, you did then get it. Yeah, I did. I, I thought you were going to say when you talked about Oliver getting it first, one of my least favorite things about sickness with a kid is what I call the quick kid recovery. Yeah. But it's a very specific corollary of this. So day one, Oliver feels miserable. So all he wants to do is sit there and watch TV. That's fine. But then as he recovers and someone else starts to get sick, all you want to do is sit there and watch TV. But now Oliver is feeling better and wants to run around. And it is the tragic lack of overlap between those two sensations that suddenly because he's feeling better he's like wants to be active and you're like i just want to lay in bed it's almost never the same it's just not it's not right it's not fair yeah that is that is a very tragic piece of it yeah so that that's that's high on my list in fact it was the first thing i wrote down as one of my worsts because yeah like i do not enjoy being sick but the small silver lining of being sick normally is that you get to choose to line a couch have people wait on you 
and watch whatever you want on television and sleep as much as you want. None of that is true when your child is also sick because if you have a partner, they, if they're still healthy, now have to play with the other child. So you're left to sit on the couch and have no one bring you mac and cheese. (laughs) It's very sad. (laughs) And then you can't watch your own TV or eat ice cream at 9 a.m. because your toddler will notice and want to do the same thing. It's just rough. Okay. Does that count as one of yours or was that mine? No, a very mutual one. Yeah. Okay. My is how disgusting just everything feels after your whole family has been sick. Mm. Like, especially with a toddler because they put things in their mouth still. So Oliver has these stuffed animals that he loves. And I mean, I think like... No joke. We could have infected, like, hundreds of people if we, like, let those animals out into the wild (laughs) after he had been sick for, like, three days because they were, like, smothered. You're saying they could have been conceived of as biological weapons if left in a mall. Yeah. I mean, and I I don't know how much I'm joking. (laughs) Like, I just... They must have held so, so many germs. And so we, like, disinfected them. We washed them. But, like, for days, you're just sitting around with them. And it's just, like, this is disgusting. Some people are, like, yeah, you don't need to wait days to disinfect them. I know, but he was still kind of sick. And then they're still snot going on all all over them. I mean, those things were so gross. They smelled so gross. It was just bad. And, I mean, I feel like even as kids get older, like, even if they evolve out of like stuffed animals like there's like blankets and pillows and like all of it is just like i just don't like things that after you've been sick i'm like i just want to get burn it all like <laughs> wow. so gross okay, we can't afford that <laughs> so let's not do that let's go the washing route i don't have quite the same visceral reaction as you do but it is nice when things are clean again mine is what i was thinking of as the the particular parental experience of your child being sick and what i call monitor mode suddenly i mean we've got this little forehead thermometer and i'm just i'm using that thing like it's just constantly (laughs) checking temperature which really isn't necessary because there's nothing actually changing in his external symptoms which as we've learned from talking to nurses on the nurse hotline is really what you need to be monitoring for. But still, it's like, I just, I want to know exactly. Yeah, it's, it's hard. At. I mean, Oliver's at an age where he can kind of communicate. So this time, like, there was one day where his stomach hurt. And so he would just, he would just kind of sit in a corner and be like, it hurts, which is awful. Yeah, I that's mean, also really, yeah. That really. We haven't had that where he can communicate. And so, like, we knew that his stomach hurt, but, like, you still don't know what to do about it. Or, like, and he doesn't have vocabulary for, like, is the lower part of my stomach. On a scale of 1 to 10, what is your pain level? <laughs> yeah. Like, he can't answer any of those things. So you're just like, I don't know. Like, do I need to call an ambulance? Or is he just, yeah. like, a little rumbly? Like, you just don't know. And it's so stressful. And you're, like, trying to, like, yeah, figure out doctor's appointments. I will say I'm very impressed by our pediatrician and our doctor's office and our nurse's line and all that stuff. Like, I think, yeah, grateful for people who remain calm in situations and can give you facts and information. But it's still hard. Like, they're not always there in the moments where you're most freaked out and concerned. And it's hard to know, like, 
when overreaction is appropriate and when like you know kids get sick and some of these things happen and it's so hard to know and have that kind of hanging in the back of your head like what if i'm making the wrong call right now well that relates to sort of a corollary which is the flipping or the switching parental anxiety by which i mean at any moment you are feeling anxiety but you're aware that your partner may be feeling more anxiety so you have to be the calm cool collected (laughs) one not googling these symptoms and the dance and the struggle of really like you kind of at least i find we seem to kind of flip back and forth (laughs) a little bit to like keep it all together but it's not a fun dance not one i enjoy doing i'll like surreptitiously be googling and then be like well so i did find this yeah you just like drop it there where i'm like oh he has a fever like it's he's fine and then you like (laughs) drop this like or he might have a life-threatening condition which needs to be remedied Within the hour. And I'm like, what? <laughs> but you're like, but it's fine. I'm chill. Because <laughs> now I'm freaking out. <laughs> It'll be okay. <laughs> like, wait. I Call don't, the nurse. I don't know what's going on. I will say that would be a key part of advice that I would give to parents is like, find a pediatrician that has a nurse's hotline that you can call at any time. 24 yeah. hours. If, if you can. I'm sure not everywhere with health coverage you can. But that's been so helpful to us. Or, or like... I don't know, find someone who's not related to you who can give you advice. Yeah. Who Who's not mixed up in that. Because I think some so often that's what's been helpful to us is, okay, these people care about Oliver professionally, but they don't care about Oliver. Like, they're not a grandparent. They're not you or me. Like, they they just have enough distance that they can kind of boil it down a little bit. And then when they say, okay, I will have you come in if this happens. You're like, okay, that's not just you being yeah. like you're being professionally cautious. You're not being grandparently cautious or something like that. It's been really helpful. Yeah. I think too, we've always kept like Tylenol on hand because I think the last thing you want to be doing is like running out and having to find medicine, especially if you're sick too. Yeah. So thanks to my mom, she was a pharmacist prior to retirement. We've always had a well-stocked medicine cabinet for both us and Oliver, which I think has been helpful. That makes it sound like your mom stocks our medicine cabinet. No, but I learned that from her. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It just sounds like, thanks thanks to my mom, we have a well-stocked, like she's just sending us medicine. We have massive amounts of prescription drugs that aren't prescribed <laughs> exactly. to us. Exactly. Hold on. There's major caveats we need to give you. No. Yes, the practice I've of being prepared. I've been trained to have medicine on hand shall you need it. Huh? Yep. You have anything else? Oh, no. That feels like it covers it. I really hope we don't get sick again. <laughs> I hate to break it to you, Rachel. Ever again. It will happen. I'm glad we can have a little laughter in this conversation it's about good. the worsts and worsts. <laughs> Do you have any other stuff? I do. I have two things. Thank you. Oh, nice. One is that I think this will be the last episode that comes out before Halloween. So I just have to mention that Oliver is dressing up as Miguel from Coco this year. Slash he has already dressed up. We've done our one fall Halloween event. (laughs) (laughs) We'll share a photo in the show notes. Yeah. He was very cute and very excited and it was adorable. But I've realized that one of the best things... And I know not everyone feels this way, but for me, I feel a certain sense of freedom at my kid can now dress up and I don't have to. I think before, (laughs) 
Oliver, I felt pressure on Halloween still as a 30-year-old to dress up. Oh, interesting. And now I feel completely released from You've that pressure. You've invested your creativity. In other words, you are living vicariously through your child. Yeah. Really healthy. Great patterns really to healthy start. Relationship. <laughs> the second thing is I just have to give a shout out to this cool company that I found in which I do not own any clothes of yet but <laughs> i've done <laughs> cool but i've done a lot of research and heard lots of things about this company they're called able and you have to look them up but they're a mostly women-run company like 90 percent. they work really hard to offer health care to all of their employees and good maternity coverage, good adoption and foster financial assistance, just some really cool things both in the U.S. and around the globe that I really appreciate. But they're running this special right now where you can pay $360 and you get a piece of clothing three times a year in different seasons for the next three years, which I just think is a really cool model. I really want to kind of invest in a more sustainable and minimalist wardrobe and i think this is a really cool way to go about it so you're paying like 40 bucks every time for a clothing piece and most of their clothing runs like over 100 dollars. so it's a really good deal for you but also something that really helps kind of their long-term model so kind of cool yeah it's it's very interesting yeah it's an interesting and you love their clothes that you never wore <laughs> totally new thing i do have a bag of theirs which i do love yeah that's true that's true that's fair so i'll report back on okay the clothes. we'll link to that as well in the show notes my other stuff you know in our kind of shared notes we just collect every now and then some stories and i was reading through some of them we're just in a unique fun stage and i felt like this was pretty nicely captured by these three small vignettes of oliver one is at dinner time he threw his quesadilla on the floor and then he got down and rachel says to him can you help me put that in the trash at which point he just goes over and picks it up and eats it there's like so many layers of like (laughs) contrarianism and like eating and not eating all mixed up in that one was one night rachel had socks on and one of them had a hole in it which oliver could not abide and he went and picked out a new sock for her to put on so that she could replace the one with the hole in it. I think he just kept saying, Mama, hole, hole in sock. <laughs> it was not okay. And the third one is Oliver put a cracker in his mouth. And then I, I can't remember whether we were sharing crackers or whether I asked him if he would share some with me. But he decided after he put the cracker in his mouth that he did want to share it with me. So he pulled it out of his mouth and offered it to me, to which I declined because I didn't want a cracker that had been in his mouth. At which point he decides, I will no longer eat it. I will just put it back in the bag with all the other crackers oh, that are shared by the family. And you wonder why we all get sick at the same time. <laughs> so that gives you a little a little sense of life with Oliver. All right. Well, that's all I've got. We'd love to hear from anyone who might have other experiences with short-term illnesses, funny stories, reactions to us, you know whatever you want, timsteak at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Till next time. I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And that is your Timsteak. Steak.